0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views
1: of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Thank you for joining us. I am Tabitha Kenlin, and I coordinate the audio description project for the American Council of the Blind. And this is the very first ADP in conversation community event. Um, So uh, if all goes well, uh, we'll come back and and see you again next month. Um, I am joined by three amazing panelists, uh, Satana Howery, Fern Lallum, and Rebecca Odom. And I also want to let everyone know that uh, today's um, conversation is being recorded and will be rebroadcast on the ADNA Presents podcast. In case you're wondering, ADNA stands for Audio Description Network Alliance. For its 199 episodes so far, the podcast has supported the ADNA.org's position to showcase The contributions, craft, skills, and perspectives of still underrepresented entertainment industry professionals who serve the AD audience. And this very discussion today marks its 200th episode. And each of us here, uh, I and all three panelists have been interviewed on the ADNA Presents podcast. So what better way to celebrate than getting together and continuing the conversation. And I also want to send a special thank you to Roy Samuelson, the host of the ADNA Presents podcast and uh, audio legend for his generous help assembling this fantastic panel today. Um, So we can go ahead and get started. I'm going to ask the panelists to introduce themselves briefly, um, just, you know, who they are, a little bit about the job description, uh, what they do, and then um, I have questions. (laughs) I have lots of questions. Um, So we are going to spend about uh, 40 minutes having a, a conversation about what it's like working in the field of audio and audio description as someone who is blind or has low vision. And then after about 40 minutes of our chat, we will open it up to the audience and take any questions that you might have. So um, let's start. Satana, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Hey, Tabitha, thanks so much for having us here today. I'm Satana Howry, and I'm a voice actor. So I sit or stand behind a mic and I read scripts that generally someone else writes. I <laughs> tend not to do this writing. And they give that to me to tell their story. Or I announce things. I'm the voice of the Tampa airport overhead, you know, the one that tells you not to leave your luggage unattended or where the next train is, things like that. I've done lots of audio description and lots of other stuff. And I've been doing this for, oh gosh, I'm going into my 11th year. Oh, wow.
1: That's great. Thank you. I I always feel a little um I don't know, a little shy when I'm talking to to voice talent because I start comparing my voice I'm like, oh, I really need to work on my voice. <laughs> it's kind of like going to the gym and seeing someone who's in better shape. <laughs> like, I need to make my voice sound better. Um, thank you, Satan, and thank you for joining us. Um, Fern, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, hi. So, I'm Fern Lullum. I always describe myself as a freelance communicator because basically what I do is just all to do with communication so as well as audio description I also uh, I do lots of work on radio so a radio broadcaster um, a reporter I also do public speaking and I deliver disability awareness training um, and so in terms of my audio description narration um, just like Sultana said I am the one that is behind the microphone I let other people do the writing um, and I have been lucky enough to do that that both for U.S. companies, Canadian companies, and now most recently for companies in the U.K. as well. And as a blind person myself, it's just amazing to work in this field because I know how much it means from a user's point of view. And so it's just great to be involved firsthand as well, part of the production.
1: Great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.
0: Um,
1: all the way from, uh, from another country. We're very yes. international. I love that. <laughs> okay. And Rebecca.
3: Hi. Hi. My name is Rebecca Odom, and I do quality control in this field. And my job is to either review a script and make sure that everything sounds good, like it's clear and concise, or to listen to an audio description track and review it and look for misspoke and listen for misspoken words and line stepping
1: things like that great thank you um thank you again all for being here i'm really interested in, in learning more about this um you know i've been at at this job uh, coordinating the audio description project for uh, less than a year, so I am still learning. And you know, a great thing to do is to talk to people who are professionals in the field um, to to get all of the uh, the behind the mic action. Um, so, I'm going to uh, start asking you questions, and um, you know, to be a conversation. So, I'll I'll call on people, but um, you know, feel free to to chime in if you have something um, particularly exciting to say. Um, so you've told us a little about yourself um, there in the, the quick introductions. Um, so now we'll slow down a little bit and give you a chance to share a bit more about what you do, maybe what a typical day is like. Um, maybe if you want to, to back up and tell us a little bit about you know, how you got interested, how you got where you are, um, anything along those lines would work. Um, let's start in the middle. Fern, can we start with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose a typical day for me um, is sort of, it's a lot of sort of um, getting ready to to sort of do the, the work that I do. And so I um, I know that I like to sort of plan my week out in advance um, so that I know exactly what I'm doing, what deadlines I have and how to fit in all of my different commitments because if anyone has been a freelancer, they will know that things are just happening left, right and centre and you're kind of having to adapt your life around that Um, and so in terms of the day-to-day tasks, I will usually kind of get up in the morning, see what I need to be doing that day, you know, what scripts that I'm working on and I will usually prepare my voice um, so I'll have something like an, a nice green apple or some water or something to just, you know, clear out my voice and make it sound as good as as possible um and uh, tabitha you don't need to worry too much about um comparing yourself because i always worry about what my voice sounds like even though i am a voice actor so it never stops it you know i I do have to add i'm sorry a green apple (laughs) it has to be green if nobody has told you that trick no i'm not sure what it is about the green ones but apparently that is a one you know that's a good tip to make your voice sound crisp and get out any rubbish from your throat and all of that. It just kind of makes your voice pop. And also it's really good for diction, I found, because I, I wasn't expecting this, but when I had started to to eat green apples, it I all of a sudden I could just pronounce words so much better. It just works. I don't know why it works. It's magical, but I you know, I'm not gonna question it. I'm just gonna do it and it's great. Um so then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. Just don't look at gift horse in the mouth, just do yeah. it. Um, so I will then usually look through my scripts and just see what I'm working on that day and kind of try and just get a feel for the production so that I can fit my tone into what I'm, you know, the, uh, get the right feel and the right vibe, basically, for what I'm going to be doing that day. And then it's into the production, you know, into my little makeshift studio. Um, I have a, a home studio and I'm really lucky enough to have a partner who is a sound engineer. So he has all of the technical equipment. He knows what he's doing. I'm not the technically minded one, luckily. Uh, i have somebody who is so that's really helpful um and then you know we do a lot of um, like i say either audio description recording or radio recording um and then you know that's basically the rest of my day and then um usually when i finished i like to take my lovely gorgeous guide dog i've got a guide dog called nancy and we take her out for a nice little walk she loves to play with balls and all that kind of stuff so that's just a nice little end to the day so that's kind of my average working day in a nutshell Okay. Wow. That sounds mm-hmm.
1: there's so much more that I could ask you about fantastic green apples. Um but I love thinking about um thinking about the tone and you know what you're going to bring to the script because I know that's something I've heard a lot of people discuss is you know having like you know audio description that matches the you know, sort of the mood of the piece. So um mm-hmm. so it's you know something that that you're thinking about when you're doing it. So that's
0: yeah. Great. It's Thank almost you. like getting yourself into the role, as it were, you mm. know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great, thank you. Okay,
1: uh, what about you, Satana?
2: So, uh, super cool things in my typical days often begin with breakfast with the husband and the kitty caddies. Gotta have the kitty caddies. <laughs> and one of my favorite things during the day is sessions with clients. So via Zoom, like we are doing now, or Google Meet, or Microsoft Teams, or various other software packages and platforms, I will actually have clients in the virtual room, so to speak, who are listening to me do the recording of their scripts. And that's so much fun. It's so much fun. Is it? You it's, don't get like performance anxiety? No, when <laughs> I love it. I love it because um, they know what they're looking for. Mm, okay. And so when, you get, we like, talk about, when we talk about voice acting, you know, it is acting. It is a performance. Mm. So people will give you direction. Oh, you know, we're looking for a friendly, you know, uh approachable, relatable voice for our corporate video. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, one person's friendly is another person's t- 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 corporate, Boy, right? Sweet, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we know how to give directions that are turn left or go this way or whatever, but you know, explaining emotions and things like that tends to be a little tricky. So I love having clients there. And also, I think that voice acting in and of itself is it can be an isolating thing. I'm sitting in a four by six booth in my home studio and it's just me. <laughs> so, you know, I worked from home even before the pandemic. I worked from home. So it's really great to hang out with other people. And sometimes it's just me and one other person. And sometimes it's me and, you know, seven other people. It's the one who wrote the script and the one who's producing the video. And there's an engineer on the other side recording. And I'm just reading. And, the, you know, there's all these people with all of their viewpoints. And it is really fun. So that is part of my day. Uh, auditioning generally is part of my day. Marketing, some kind of admin. voiceovers is a hustle and uh yes I, I would second the green apple thing that mm-hmm. Fern talked about absolutely love those green apples they take care of all those mouth clicks that people get mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're really helpful so yeah I'm
1: just I'm fascinated by this yeah we have to to go to the grocery store and stuck stock see, up Tabitha, on green it's not Apple.
0: Just me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I believed you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a master's degree in theater, so um, you know there there are plenty of of uh, you know little t- weird tricks of the trade that, that are floating around all
2: sorts of. Uh, well, see, when you're the in theater, theater things, you're so. you're when you're behind the mic, you're really up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And when you're in, in theater, you know you're kind of on a stage, and nobody hears them. And, yeah. So yeah, yeah.
0: I want to know the the theater hacks now, though. Oh, uh- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: well, we'll have to schedule another call for that. I'll have <laughs> I'll have to dust off my notes. It's been a while since I've, um, <laughs> I did it, but yeah, it was fun. Okay, Rebecca, give us a, a different perspective um, from the the quality side of things.
3: Yes. So a typical day for me is when I get a a project. I'm usually either sent a script in the movie or TV show without the ad, and I go through the script. And like I said in my introduction, I look for I I make sure that there's no confusing description, no awkward phrasing, no uh, character names that have been put in wrong, like if there's if it's supposed to if there's a character name that's in the script, but it's supposed to be another character's name. And or I get sent the audio description track, like the whole like mixed and everything. Like the the movie or TV show with everything the AD track mixed in. And I go through and I listen and I re-listen to it and I listen for the same things that's as I do when I am doing a script like awkward phrasing can um wrong character names but I also when I'm listening to an AD track I listen for line stepping or issues with the mix like if the music of the show is overpowering the ad
1: or if the ad is too loud
3: so that's a that's a typical day for me
1: yeah well i know um, these are all things that i've um i've been introduced to since i've um you know since i've had this job and have heard people you know, what they love about um, audio description and what drives them up a wall. And I know that um, the the sound issues of like, you know, the music is too loud yeah. and the audio description is is too quiet. That drives yeah. people absolutely crazy. Um, and I know that once I, I watched a, an episode of a TV show and the um, the audio description didn't give the name of the character, you know, until it was said, uh, you yeah. know, by another character. So it's like, okay. And he was just referred to her as the brunette. and But then later, after she had already been identified, he again referred to her as the brunette. And I was just like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I yes.
3: needed you, Rebecca. Because <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, okay, you can say the name here. You don't have to keep calling her the brunette because that gets so annoying. Yeah. It <laughs> is, is so annoying yeah. to, to listen to like a character being referred to as the brunette
1: for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where it takes you out of the, the action and you're thinking yeah. more about the audio description than you are yeah. about the, the film. So yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's, I think we can all appreciate what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, So my next question for you, and I I feel like some of you have kind of already hinted about this, but um, I was going to ask you, what is the most misunderstood aspect of your job? Um, So for me, and I, I should say, I love my dad a lot and he is a great guy. My first job out of college was at a publishing house and I was the publicity assistant, but my dad just told everybody that I was an editor because that was just kind of like what he thought happened at publishing houses, (laughs) which, you know, there are editors at publishing houses, but there are other roles as well. Um, So I'm just wondering, you know, so if you tell people, you know, kind of your your job title, what do they... Uh, how do they interpret that? And I, I feel like since both Fern and Sultana, you know, let us know that they don't do the writing, I feel like maybe that is um, a thing that they have to to tell people fairly often. That <laughs> no, I don't do the writing. Um, so let's see, I'm trying to think of, of what order I went in last time. Okay, uh, let me start with Satana this time. So
2: I negotiate. Right now with the Writers Guild of America and SAG-AFTRA mm-hmm. on strike, it's, it's a really important thing to think about. Whether you're union or not, regardless of your views on the union, in this industry, as a voice actor, I'm negotiating terms with clients.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think people, this, is, this was important before AI. It's really, really important now. Mm-hmm. People think about voice acting and they think, oh, freelance, it's cool. Wow, you're like your own boss and everything. And yeah, I am, which is great. But it's not like Uber or Instacart where you sign into a platform and you know what the job is going to be. And if they send you to pick somebody up, you know, most of the time you're going to pick somebody up unless the job is canceled or something like that. But it's a, the terms are consistent. Everything is kind of consistent. You know what you're doing. With voiceover, there's I am licensing my asset, which is my voice. And so there's usage considerations. How long are you using this performance? Mm-hmm. What are you using it for? How big is your audience? Is this going to be a paid usage, like the pre-roll ads that you see when you click on YouTube or social media ads that are paid for to sell something? Or is this just an internal corporate thing that you're going to show to your employees for training purposes? And all of those things factor in. So it really is a negotiation. And I think that people forget that. And and that is that's a skill. It's a skill. I feel like I, I get better at all the time. I'm, I'm constantly learning and growing in it. And it's a really important piece.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Like people hear freelance and they think, you know, wild and crazy and fun and set your own schedule and flexibility, but yeah. you, it's an entrepreneur you have to, you have to have a business head about it. So yeah. yeah great. Thank you. Um, Rebecca. What about you? What what don't people understand about your job?
3: Um well, when I tell people what I'm doing, a lot of the time I have to explain what audio description is. Right. <laughs> and then I, you know, I explain what I do and you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, so you just sit around and watch TV or movies all day? Like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm working just as hard as mm-hmm. the writers, the narrators, the sound engineers. Mm-hmm. I I go through a script or listen to an A D track and I listen to it over and over and over again. And so a one hour one hour show could take me two and a half hours to three hours. Wow. It's, it's not just, oh, I'm done in an hour. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm very thorough. And so, you know, so, yeah, so no, I don't just sit around and watch
1: TV all day. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because you do have to have that, um, you know, that sort of critical part yeah. of your brain turned on because you yes. have to, to notice um, yes. Eat things that other people wouldn't notice. You know, like yeah. most people would notice a really obvious mistake where, you know, like a character and the audio just disc- you know, describe her voice are talking at the exact same time. Um yeah. but but you have to notice if there's just, you know, a little overlap or if there are inconsistencies and stuff like that. So you have to be paying attention. Yeah. And
3: and it's very, very hard to turn off my QC brain when I'm yeah. just watching TV for fun. Cause I'm like Oh, wait. I would have said that like this or oh, wait, the the ad is not mixed properly here or and I'm like, okay, well, I I can't do anything about it. It's already out in the world, so I just have to kind of turn off that part of my brain know, or I'll drive
1: or I'll drive myself crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it can be, it can be hard because I've, I've studied, uh, you know, literature in in a similar way, you know, written academic papers and stuff like that. And it's just like, I just analyze the heck out of everything. (laughs) I
3: can't can't stop. I'm I'm an author as well. So Mm -hmm. when I, when I read books, I'm like, okay, no, Mm -hmm. take that out and say it this way. And I'm like, okay, no, the book is already published. I can't sit here and edit it.
1: and then it's painful do you um do you get I mean I guess like I'm just thinking that you know sometimes you know when you're in school you get assigned to read you know a book or something that you don't really like and you have to you have to have to read it anyway so do you sometimes get assigned you know a script or a show or something and that like in real life you would not want anything to do with it but it's yes. your job so you have to watch it like 20 times <laughs> yeah it makes your yes. head hurt
3: yes, yeah, but you know, I I like to think of it as, okay, I may not like this particular thing that I'm doing QC on, but someone out there will, someone out there is going to be so excited and so happy that this show, whatever it is, finally has AD, just like there are shows that I've waited years to have ad and i got so so excited
1: Mm -hmm.
3: that my favorite shows finally have finally finally after years (laughs) have ad and
1: that's how i like to look at it for the greater good that's very noble of you so thank you (laughs) and fern What about
0: you? Yeah, completely second everything Rebecca was saying there about on the surface, I think every job looks so much easier on the surface than it actually (laughs) is you know i think we can categorize every job as like those pictures on instagram that are like instagram versus real life you know and it's like the behind the scenes of what it's actually like um i would say that i have to give massive props to josh uh, my partner who does the technical stuff because i think one thing that people don't understand about audio description is that for a lot of different companies or for you know different networks depending on what you're working on all of the software and the systems that you use are completely different. And mm-hmm. that means that you have to have really good quality kit that can deal with all of these different things. But it also means you have to be willing to learn lots of different systems to fit in mm-hmm. with different things. And I guess it sort of seconds what Sortana was saying about um, you really have to be adaptable, you know, and flexible mm-hmm. to what people want from you. But I guess mm-hmm. the biggest message that I want to say here is then the most obvious thing to me is, As a blind audio describer, I think the biggest misconception is, if you're blind, how can you be a narrator? How can you read scripts? You know, how does that work? And so for me, there's, you know, there's various ways that people do it. Some people will use Braille, some people will be able to see a little bit, and they'll just be able to put a lot of um, magnification on their text. And I used to be one of those people. Nowadays, I have it read out to me. um, So I have, you know, a, a voice reader on my phone, and it'll be reading it to me, and I will be repeating it um, and that's how I do it as a blind person but I what I really want to say is that the the most amazing people that I've met in this industry are always willing to look beyond what might seem on the surface like a big problem and something that's just going to be impossible and not worth taking a punt on and just say you know let's try this let's try different ways of doing this which one will work for you and to see what people can do rather than focusing on what they can't do you know I can't Mm -hmm. really it's it's very hard for me to write the scripts although I do know that blind people can do that um but you know let's focus on my strengths let's look at what I can do and I can do the voicing and I can read the scripts so let's take a advantage of that and make the most of it.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Um yeah. Um nothing to add. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> lost words. Yeah. <laughs> well no, I mean it it um it does, you know, really go into, I guess kind of the um how this panel even came about is that you know when I started this job Um, people were just asking me questions and I didn't have the answers and, um, and then I, you know, was hearing about, uh, you know, employment, you know, because I I assume it's the same in in the UK, but you know, in the U S the, the unemployment numbers for people with disabilities are, you know, disproportionately high. And then among that group, the people who are blind or have low vision, um, you know, very high numbers of, of un and underemployment. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, we always go back to, to our favorite, one of our favorite phrases, nothing about us without us. So, you know, this is, this is for us. So why shouldn't we be involved? Um, so I, I think, yeah, it's great to, to highlight that, um, that there is a lot of, of ability and, and talent, um, but, you know, has nothing to do with, with someone's, you know, yeah literal yeah. eyesight
0: yeah absolutely it is definitely the same in the uk i think it's mm-hmm. um something like 25 percent of blind people in the uk are employed and the rest aren't yeah i think that's
1: roughly what it is here here in, yeah different numbers but yeah it's it's incredibly troubling so um okay so on going back to a slightly more positive place um this is actually a question that that roy came up with um and i love it because it's multi-layered um but it's it. it there's a long intro for me here, so stay with me. And I, I won't ask you in, in this order. I'll mix up the order again. Um, but uh, Satana, your experience as a profess- professional voiceover artist. And Fern, your experience as a newscaster. And you, Rebecca, with your experience as a mega fan of television shows and you know, it's your job. Um, all of these experiences have led to you being hired for projects, um, audio description and beyond. So we are curious, what do each of you think are the important soft skills as far as working with others goes that either you've learned on the job over you know, the course of your career um, or that, um, that you had and served you well from the very first day? Uh, so Rebecca, we'll start with you at this time.
3: Um, well, the skills that I already had coming into this was my skills to edit and my love of language mm-hmm. and um, also my obviously listening skills mm-hmm. Um, The skills that I've developed since coming into this
1: is, hmm, let's see. (laughs) I know, it's a hard question. Yeah, this one,
3: this one, this question stumped me
1: when I, when
3: I, when I first read it, oh my god. Hmm. well it
1: is <laughs> sometimes hard because sometimes you know I think I think it's good that it's hard to answer because it might you know you're probably where you're supposed to be, right if something just yeah. feels like it comes naturally and just like yeah, what else would I be doing this is this is yeah. what I can do yeah. um then that's that's probably a, a good sign Well
3: um, if I have to pick like a skill that I that I've learned since starting this, I would have to say that it would be and I don't really know if this is a skill exactly, but learning the best way to explain what QC is and the importance of it Mm. to clients that Mm. I'm, you know, reaching out to and saying, okay, this is, this is what I do and this is how I do it. And so I think, if that could be considered a skill, I think that's okay. the skill that I've learned.
1: Okay. Yeah. So a little bit of what Satana was talking about as, as a freelancer, just you know, kind of learning how to, to negotiate with people and, and yeah. also, uh, yeah, like, and I think we've probably all, um, everyone here has probably had to explain why accessibility in some way is good <laughs> you know, whether yes. it's audio description or um or something else so, you know we've all I think been in that position of you know, so, oh well you know I can just do this for you or like no no, no let's change mm-hmm. this so I can do it myself or um you know let's add this so everybody can can have access to it um, yes so, yeah thank you um, let's see. I've, I've totally lost track of of how I'm going. So Fern, let's go back to you. Let's <laughs> just go backwards.
0: Why not? Yeah. Um, so I would say that in doing audio description, I've definitely learned the value of flexibility Um. because as Sultana was saying earlier, I think it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to roll with the punches and um, sometimes, you know, scripts will be delayed or, you know, something might change. And so I might plan out my week. I'm a big planner. I do love Mm -hmm. a calendar and, a you know, making sure everything's all in the right place. And then that might all just go to pot because I don't get sent the thing, you know, at the right time. And and it is just about kind of working around that and and communicating well with people um, and just being, you know, being open to adapt to things. You can't be too rigid, I think, in this industry. Um, And, also, I would say feedback is a really important thing. I think it's easy to become very defensive when somebody says, oh, could you say that a bit differently? Or especially because it's so personal when you're when you're voicing, particularly, I would say it's such a personal thing to you, your voice. And so if somebody says, oh, can you change the tone on that? It's very easy to be like, oh, well, they're wrong. They, what do they know? But actually, it's the best way to learn, you know, and, and you're really going to grow and develop when you're open to hearing that feedback. And thinking, because sometimes it's not always going to be what you think. You might not agree with it, but it's what the client wants, and you kind of need to be open to that and think it. And sometimes, after a while, you might think back on it and think, actually, they had a point there; that that was right, and I couldn't see it at the time, but I can now. And the last thing I'll say is, I think audio description is a real team effort. You know, we've got various people doing different roles just here today, and I just think it's really important to give credit to all the members of the team and just see that if we all support each other and work together, it, it creates such a, a lovely environment to work in. I've been so lucky to work in teams that have been so supportive. And I think that's such a, makes such a massive difference. I think whatever your job is, you know, if you've got good people around you. Great, yeah, thank you.
1: Uh, flexibility and teamwork. And, you know, the, those, I think the, those words have come up in every job ad I've ever seen my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Yeah, definitely transferable skills, as we say. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, the feedback can be so hard. Yeah. Learning to to take that. And I imagine sometimes, um, you know, you, you might not even like, you know, because, you know, you do your own writing, you know, as, um, you know, so I'm sure that at times you get the script and you're just like, oh, I wouldn't have said it that way. But you kind of have to say it the way they wrote it. <laughs> take it on the chin. Oh, painful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, well, as we say in the theater, you know, for the good of the show. Yes.
2: Um, are. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And Satana. I want to just yes and everything that Fern and Rebecca already <laughs> said. Yes. And I want to go back to one something that Fern said in the previous question. She was talking mm-hmm. about flexibility and adaptability. And Fern has Josh for all the technical stuff. Um, I am a technical geek. I love the technical side. Well, I love, hate the technical side. <laughs> I love the technical side more when I wasn't a voice actor. And like the technical thing was like, oh, I'm just having fun. and You know, now I have deadlines. So I, I want the technical side to work. But that flexibility of having to learn multiple packages of, of things changing. Gosh, I, in the early days of my voice acting career, Skype was still a thing. Oh, And from one day to the next, they would update Skype and all of a sudden, the keyboard shortcuts that I had were like, "This, this is not working." Whoa! <laughs> I don't want to answer a call. I do I, want you know, <laughs> like in goofy small things like that. So, you, I think, particularly as a person who's blind, you do have to be really flexible, and and build in time for mm-hmm. that, and time to review. A script, you know, AD scripts, for example, audio description mm-hmm. scripts, sometimes come in an Excel spreadsheet. Sometimes what? they just come in a big <laughs> Word document. Yep. You know, so like there's different there's different ways that you get your scripts. Um, Fern was talking about sort of that ear, brain, mouth way that she does voiceover, listening to what the phone is saying and then yeah. repeating it back with interpretation. And um, I'm a Braille user, so I'm the hand, brain, mouth. Normally, in the voiceover, we talk about sort of that eye, brain, mouth coordination. Mm-hmm. You you see it in whatever way you see it, see it, hear it, and then your brain interprets it, and then your mouth spits it out. And that is uh, that is the thing. I just wanted to go back and and say that the Braille, yeah, the Braille for the Braille for me. I love the Braille. The Braille <laughs> and technology have been huge, huge things that I had before I came into this that have really been helpful. Mm-hmm. That technical troubleshooting side of me has really been helpful. Uh, everything they said about feedback has really been helpful. Uh, so, yeah. And then, of course, just growing. Uh, the Some of the skills I've gotten really good at, one in particular, is saying no. Mm. That's an interesting one. Like, saying yeah. no is actually saying yes. Like, understanding what your limits are and what lines you're not willing to cross Mm -hmm. And sort of detaching yourself from, oh, I really want this job, but it's okay if I don't get it, either because you weren't selected as the the right voice for that project or because they selected you, but their rates are atrocious and you know what it's really going to take to get it done and you're not willing to do it, you know, for whatever reason is, it's a skill to say no and be clear about what your limits are. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a really important point
1: as well that I've heard a lot about is, um, and also in my academic research and in multiple different areas, but the value of work, um, you know, that some populations are valued less and they are paid less and they are thought to be, you know, (laughs) we're putting price tags on people, which, you know, is horrible, but, um, you know, if you've got a job, there's there's a salary, there's payment. And, you know, are are you gonna get paid less than someone else because of, you know, questionable reasons? Or, you know, are you are you getting paid less than usual because, you know, like I don't know, it's a small nonprofit and they have a really tiny budget. Or, you know, so I imagine there are lots of different things to think about. And I imagine that sometimes it's better to walk away from a project than kind of accept a fee that doesn't recognize you know what what value you are bringing
2: Yeah, but there's also recognizing what value you're bringing And And I was born blind, so I grew up with no sight at all. And I think, you know, maybe it doesn't matter how long you've had your disability, but I, I do think that having grown up without that sight in a world where sighted people think that sight is the most important sense and they want you to know that too, whether they say it directly or not. I think people who are blind or low vision tend to learn that they are valued less and to believe it's internalized that we don't have as much value. We don't bring as much value. We're not capable of it. Or, you know, whatever your internal self-talk is and to recognize how that plays into what you're doing and how you're negotiating and, and sort of how you're relating to the project that's in front of you is really important.
1: Yeah. We can have a whole, have a whole other discussion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> about society and prejudice and bias and yeah there's there's things yeah but i, th- I mean th- yeah those are those are all really great points and and things um that you know we can't just pretend don't exist yeah thank you um so uh I love this where we like talk about fun stuff and we get really serious. <laughs> um so let's go back to fun stuff. Um serious stuff is important. I like serious stuff, but we'll we'll go back and forth. Um so um yeah, more more light hearted question uh, so what works for you um if you um i, I assume that uh, you might listen to to uh, audio description on your time off or i don't know maybe you are just so tired of it that um, that you don't <laughs> um uh, but uh, what what's what's your favorite thing about audio description when you're listening to it what what kind of you know makes you happy um let's see I'll start with fern this time
0: yeah, I definitely do because I, you know, shows without audio description are just so much harder for me to follow. And um, I, you know, sorry to to bring it back to a, a more serious point, but I, I will just say very quickly that when I was growing up, I also grew up with a visual impairment, and my sight's kind of deteriorated over the years. And I never knew why I didn't enjoy films. You know, so I would go to like sleepovers with my friends, and they'd all be watching a movie, and I'd be sitting there playing with the cat, thinking this is so boring. Like, why are we doing this? this This is hours long. I I don't know. And I genuinely thought there must be something wrong with me because everyone else here is enjoying this and I'm not. And it was only when I discovered audio description that I realised that actually it wasn't me at all because I'd just been missing out on the majority, you know, like so much. You don't realise how much you're missing until you hear it, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was a huge moment for me where I just kind of realised, oh, this isn't me. It's actually just this wasn't accessible to me. So, yeah, I I love audio description. It means so much to me. And I think that... I think you can say a lot in, in a very little amount of words so I think sometimes with that you know with what I've just been saying about sometimes you don't know what's going on and being able to follow something I think sometimes literally it can be like a one word thing or just a couple of words that completely explains the whole situation you're oh okay that's it so I think you know sometimes where just a well-placed word or phrase that can really just clear everything up for you if someone's talking about something and you can't see what the thing is that they're talking about if they just say that then you're like oh okay great and I'm with everyone else again I I know what I'm doing um and then I think the other thing is I and I know there's different opinions about this but I quite like a a fun sort of quirky delivery depending on obviously what you're watching but I watch a lot of sort of comedy shows and things like that and I quite like where there's a bit of tongue-in-cheek sort of like Oh my god, what are they doing? So, you know, like almost like you're watching with a friend because it feel then it feels less like audio description and more like you're just watching a fun thing and it mm-hmm. it kind of matches the tone of the show. Um and it's just really enjoyable. And also, of course, I've got to say humans rather than robots all the time. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay.
1: Um yeah, Satana, so and do you want to go next?
2: Okay. I was, I was thinking Rebecca was going to talk all about stuff and
1: (laughs) yes, I'm going we'll let oh, Rebecca have the last word before you open the okay. audience questions. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs>
2: let me leave some cool things because I, I can imagine some great things that she's going to say. Uh, <laughs> I like space. I, I Fern is absolutely right. Sometimes it doesn't take a lot of words, you know. Mm-hmm. Writing that doesn't patronize, please stop telling me that mm-hmm. the character hung up the phone when the the sound design that the uh, sound designers in the show created, the foley, is really clear that they've just slammed down the phone. I don't need somebody explaining it. Mm-hmm. Uh, attribution. I want to know who wrote it, who voiced it, who produced it. If there's time to tell me, you're listening to the SAP channel. And if you want to return to regular programming, then you should turn it off. It's <laughs> 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 time to tell me who is responsible for the description. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. And and then um, I really, like Fern, I, I want someone who's in the story. So casting that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's this show that I just can't watch because the person reading it, (laughs) the person reading it also wrote it, which should never really happen without Rebecca in between doing some quality control. And this person's sort of this older gentleman, and the two protagonists in the show are like a teenage girl and her mother. And I'm just like, you do not belong here, dude. (laughs) Here, please stop talking. Yeah. That sounds painful. Really great (laughs) casting, uh, I think, is important. And um, it is, like Fern said earlier, it is a team effort. And and Mm -hmm. we don't have enough Rebecca's work that she's doing. So there you go.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay, Rebecca, no pressure.
3: (laughs) Well, I agree 100% with everything that both of you guys said. Um. And I would just like to add to the casting side of things. I know I have watched, for example, animated TV shows. Sometimes there will be the, the guy with the deep voice when the main character is female or it's like a kid's show. And it just it takes you out of the show like you're watching it and all of a sudden you hear this really deep voice and you're like wait that doesn't belong here and also um i i do agree with the whole you know i can hear when a phone is being hung up or i can hear when a door shuts or you know i don't need to be told that um and What I was commenting on earlier was the human narrators, no robots. Mm. No robots. Because I don't, because as a screen reader user, I have to listen to a robot read my emails and my text messages. And I don't want to listen to a robot narrating a a movie that I'm watching. Mm -hmm.
1: So I think pretty much everybody I've talked to um, has has agreed. I know that funny um, there was one clip that um, that I got sent and somebody was asking you know, is this a human or a robot? And I was like, you know, I can't honestly tell if it is a good robot or a bad human. I kind of feel like it's a bad human. <laughs> They're just yeah. trying to like, you know, <laughs> pave the way to robots by making us not
4: like the humans
1: <laughs> very <laughs> very strange um but i think you know that, that's one reason that um you know attribution is so important um you know like you know people have favorite actors and favorite directors and uh, you know so why can't we have favorite audio description writers and favorite narrators um you know that, that we also you know, can check, especially, you know, for doing a, a, you know, purchasing a, a video or, you know, a, a movie or something. We don't want to put down the money and then, oh, no, I, I can't stand this person's voice, you know, but, where, where, yeah. you know, up front, you're like, okay, yeah, this is, this is going to be good. So, um, yeah, a little consumer awareness there, not a bad thing. Um, So I have a couple more questions in my back pocket, but um, I know we have about 13 minutes left. Um, So do we have any questions from our audience? Um, Does anyone want to ask a quality control person or a voice talent their audio description related question? Do we have any hands?
4: I'm not seeing any raised hands in Zoom, so why don't we check in with Clubhouse real quick? And Chanel, do we have anyone in Clubhouse?
2: Not currently. Okay. I'm double Thank checking. You. Oh. But let's see here.
1: Okay. just been really thorough. We've covered it all, I'm sure. Yeah.
4: <laughs> nope, still no raised hands okay thank you and we do now have a race oh we're getting a couple of them here in zoom so let's go all right (laughs) and you can unmute and you're still muted (laughs) there you go can you hear me yes Oh, good, I was trying to figure out how to unmute. Uh, This is really very interesting, but I thought audio description was done for people who were blind by a sighted person because you can't see what's happening. I don't quite understand how a blind person fits in doing the audio description.
1: Well, I'm I'm gonna let one of our panelists handle that. Anyone want to to volunteer?
0: Yeah, I'm happy to. So I think that is a a big kind of misconception that audio description is done for sighted people, sorry, for blind people by sighted people. And I think. You know, it's a great new step that people are are starting to see that actually blind people don't just have to be the end user of something, that they can actually be part of creating it as well. And so um, for me, you know, obviously I do the the narration side of it and I've kind of explained a little bit about how that works for me. And I do know that there are blind people. people who write the the actual scripts as well and sometimes they'll work with other people and there's various different ways of doing that but I think it's just about changing that that sort of idea that blind people can only ever sort of benefit from the work that sighted people have done to provide this audio description instead of actually being an active part in creating it
2: yeah, this is Satana. If I can piggyback on mm-hmm. this, I, I think that this is what this is what most sighted people think as well. Well, this is a service for the blind, so of course it's being done by sighted people. And I think as people who are blind, sometimes because the world is so majority sighted, again we believe what sighted people say rather than questioning and considering. Okay, how might we get this done? And so it's great to see that things are slowly changing. Um, But yeah, I mean, there are blind editors and there are blind sound engineers and there are blind voice talent and blind writers. And all of this is doable. And remember that if if you're writing it as a person who is blind, you're deciding on the final language. And even if you can't see what's going on, if you're working with someone who's looking at the screen and giving you information, you as the blind writer are still deciding what those most important elements are and how to articulate them in a concise, clear way that makes sense and that really aligns with the story. So, I mean, all of it can be done by people who are blind. It's just a matter of convincing the majority sighted population that that's possible. And I mean, it's it's majority sighted people who are running these companies, who are signing these contracts, who are putting this stuff together. So, uh, but it's definitely all doable by people who are blind. Thank you. Um, and I
1: had a um, a little sort of informal uh, uh, practice doing this. I um, the ACB twice a year does an audio description institute, which is uh, a week long, um, twenty hours of of training on how to do audio description. And um, I'd been, you know, in this role for barely a month and a half um, when uh when Joel Snyder the founder and senior consultant um, for the ADP uh was was running one and uh, he invited me to participate um, help me learn about audio description and uh so you know I I was I'm partially sighted and I was just you know treated like an ordinary student and we had group activities where we uh, were provided clips and we had to you know create the audio description and you know so I was relying on my other group members to tell me what was happening on the on the screen and then yeah as Satana said you know sort of together you know we were kind of deciding what information do you need to know when what's crucial what what isn't you know perhaps necessary and then it, it was funny because at one point sort of later on in the script they referred to something that had happened earlier and I said wait whoa whoa wait a minute <laughs> you did not tell me at that moment that that thing had happened um, and there was like, oh, yeah, um, because they were just taking for granted what their eyes had told them. And they weren't even consciously like putting it all into the, the audio description script. Um, so it was that, you know, I think our script was, a, you know, that much stronger because they had, they had me there. Um, you know, asking questions as we went. And then, you know, I, I also had fun working with them on the language, on the writing, because um, I do have a writing background. And, you know, we, I just had, we, you know, I turned into a human thesaurus and we're trying to decide, you know, is this person walking or tiptoeing or sprinting or running or crouching or strolling or, you know, just what kind of one word can we use to describe the way that they're, um, you know, moving from from one position to another. So, so Yeah. Um, and then obviously we've got uh, Fern and Sultana and Rebecca to show us um, you know, professional um, involvement um, at every stage. So great, thank you, but excellent question. Thank you for for giving us a chance to to clarify that. Um, okay, any other hands?
4: We have uh, currently one more hand and I need to let okay. you know, we have six, min- six minutes until the top of the hour okay. and Kim is up next. So Kim, you can unmute and talk. Hello. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for to all the people involved in this. Um, I was born blind, not totally, but I used to be able to see a lot more of what was going on on the screen. And one of my favorite shows is um uh, Big Bang Theory. And I finally found a cable channel that does have audio script for that. And I, I wasn't getting a lot of it. And one of my uh, sisters told me, well, Kim, with that show, it's hard because a lot of the humor is the looks that the characters give each other. You know, like the look that says, huh really seriously or you dummy or you know and so i like it when audio description says that somebody is scowling at somebody or somebody you know because when half of the humor comes from the totally visual things that don't have audio to back it up then you need to know what what the character is doing and um for and, so, and I'm really glad to hear that blind people have a part and that they have people who will tell them what's going on on the screen I you know obviously at some point if you're total you need that but then you can take your experience and what you what would I want to know watching this and another, just encouraging thing i would say is yeah when you're watching tv for fun turn off your internal editor tell them to go to sleep you know um but thank you for what you do
1: thank you very much for that and i think that's a great uh, great note for us to end on because i too would like to thank and Rebecca and Satana for everything that they do and for being here today to tell us about what they do. Um, So I just wanted to um, let everyone know that if if you um, have never heard of um, the audio description project before, (laughs) it is uh, something that ACB does. um, And uh, you can find out more on our website, adp.acb.org. Um, and if you are really super into audio description, um, you will be looking forward to the audio description awards gala that we will be airing on November 14th um, at 7 30 PM Eastern, um, in which we recognize outstanding achievements in audio description by uh, media companies. And um, we have a combination of, of, presenters uh some who are sighted and some who are are blind or have low vision and you know everyone is involved um in in media and uh creation of of amazing content in some way Um, so i guess that's that's it Um, any um let's see i think we have two minutes any any final um thoughts from any of our
0: panelists just thank you so much for having us. It's been an amazing you know, time to be able to talk about this stuff. I just think audio description is such a wonderful example of inclusion and such a beautiful way that disabled and non-disabled people can work together. And that means a lot to me. Yeah,
1: that's a beautiful way of putting it. Thank you.
0: Agreed. Thanks for having us for the inaugural panel. Anonymous-
2: oh. Yes. <laughs> <And> <laughs> this was awesome.
1: Well, good. I had so much fun. I am glad that you guys, um, yeah, came along and had fun too. Hopefully um, we uh, we were popular enough and we can come back and talk to some more people because believe it or not, um, there are more than three people working in, um, (laughs) in audio description. So I want to talk to as many people as we can to hear um, the different voices and experiences and, uh, keep learning about how audio description is made. And, um, yeah, what a great difference it makes in people's lives professionally and personally. Um, so I will go ahead and officially close. Thank you so much, everyone. And, um, as, as I'm part of the advocacy and governmental affairs department in ACB. So, While I'm not technically contractually obligated to say it, I feel like I should take the opportunity to say, keep advocating.